Welcome to Climbing the Pockets Mock Draft Mondays. Who will the Vikings pick and who's your favorite choice? Good evening and welcome to the final installment of this year's Mock Draft Monday series. I'm your host, Tyler. We've got our trusty producer, Dave. And somehow I decided to let him back. My good friend from Blue Chip Scouting, Andrew Harbaugh, is going to help us make these picks. Andrew, how are you, sir? Oh, no. You're kidding. Andrew, we can't hear you again. You're on mute. You've muted yourself. Oh, this is... Uh, we apologize, folks. We were having some issues with Andrew's audio on his end um, in the pre-show, and we thought we had it fixed. So bear with us for just a moment. We are going to get that taken care of. In the meantime, Dave, how are you? I'm doing great. I'm looking forward to this week. You know why? Why is that? Because we've got an NFL draft, and you know what that means? It means climbing the pocket. We'll be broadcasting live Thursday night for round one. But not only Thursday night, we'll be broadcasting live Friday for rounds two and three. And we'll be back on Saturday to finish off the draft with you and the Minnesota Vikings picking to see how we go into 2021. And it'll be fabulous. Absolutely wonderful. But first, tonight, if we get Andrew to figure out his audio because he's muted, he's showing muted on his end, um, we'll go with the mock draft tonight. The final mock draft where we'll go all seven rounds to see where Minnesota ends up. Mm-hmm. Now, everybody watching, whether it be Jeffrey, Dan, Tom, Viking Jerome, or Joseph, who do you want to see the Vikings take first? Who do you hope falls to 14? You know, that, that's a really good question, and I'm excited to kind of see where things happen in the chat. Uh, Dave, Andrew's going to jump back in. Just a heads up for you. Um, hey, he's trying. He Still showing no audio. <laughs> oh, boy. Nothing. And there he goes again. Uh, let's right. see what we can do. Well, why don't we start while we keep trying to bring him back in and get some audio. I will hit the go button on the draft, Sam. All right, like and it. we are doing all seven rounds this time. All seven rounds. Of doing doing our normal four, because this is the final Mock Draft Monday. We want to give the people a much better uh, scope and landscape of what this uh, entire draft could look like. Harbs, Talk to I'm me, still showing you muted at your end. Yes, go. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what it is, buddy. Have you got a Bluetooth hooked up to it? If you got a Bluetooth, hook that up. Oh, 
Harps, do you have like AirPods or something? Tom asked trade up for OT. Vikings Jerome wants Jalen right. Phillips. So while Andrew keeps trying to work on the audio, I'm going to kind of talk about um, my view on trading up for an offensive tackle. And I think it's bad process. Now, I love Panay Sewell, and I think he's a generational type player. I am not super high on Rashawn Slater. A lot of it has to do with his athleticism can be a hindrance to him at times. He overextends, over pursues, and he just, he needs a lot of work technique wise. In this draft, with where the Vikings are sitting, I don't think it would be a good process to trade up to get Panay Sewell because this draft is huge and historic for how deep the tackle class is. And I just don't think it's a good idea to trade assets that you desperately need in order to get one guy, unless it's a quarterback. And Ryan's kind of echoing my thoughts there too. Yeah. I'm okay with having Christian Derrissaw at 14 and a third round pick instead of just Panay Sewell and kind of, and you're probably going to have to give up a second next year as well in order to make that move. So it's, it's a very frustrating uh, thing in order to give up that kind of draft capital. So it's, that's kind of where I sit on it. If they trade it up for Sewell, I'm really not going to complain. I would just disagree because at the same time, you're still getting Panay Sewell and he's a fantastic prospect. Well, if, if you look at how far you have to trade up, you may have to give up the number one draft choice for next year. And would you really want to give up the number one draft choice for next year to get that high? Now, maybe if you went up as high, if he fell to say nine in the Denver range, maybe you wouldn't have to give up that number one, but you're still having to give up an awful lot. If you look at the trade value charts, you're looking at least you're giving up both of your number threes. And you may have to throw in, you know, next year's number two. We don't like the fact we have heartburn that we don't have this year's number two. So, eh, it depends. There's other players that could come in and start for you at 14 and not necessarily be that starting left tackle. However, one of them may just well be one, whether it be Darisaw or Vera Tucker, who could play tackle or guard. And we shall see. Uh, and I, I, Creed Humphrey, no matter what. <laughs> look, my big board released today, and uh, Creed Humphrey's at 12. I love Creed Humphrey, and Ryan knows that. Uh, but if you make him the pick uh, anywhere inside the top 20, 25, I don't think yeah. it's very responsible drafting. Right. Uh, uh, Dave uh, Harbs says he's in the green room if that helps. No, I know he's in the green room. I see him, but he's still showing muted at his end. That's hilarious. All right. Um, check your settings. You got to authorize, Harbs, you got to authorize the browser to use your microphone. Oh, that's a good point. All right. So, Dave. While Harbs kind of takes care of that, uh, let's get the draft started. Uh, Absolutely. Viking Tom, talking about cornerback at 14. I, I 
think it's a non-zero chance that they're going to take a cornerback at 14. There are some really good ones in this class. It's a low percentage. It depends who's there, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. All right, we get our first bunch of trades because we are on the clock now at 14. See, this is where I wish the Draft Network would let us look at who's taken already. Mm -hmm. Um, I can tell you the top guys are Mac Jones, Micah Parsons, kind of like your standard group of uh, players. mm -hmm. All right, here we got the Super Bowl champs wanting us to give us 32, a second, and a fifth. Drew in the chat. Does Andrew know sign language? Well, <laughs> That's I, a good I question. Can, I know he knows one thing when it comes to sign language. <laughs> All right. We got the Jags giving us a one and a three for the 14. And we have <laughs> a two, three, four, and a three in 2022. That one's for sure no. I would consider the Jaguars offer, but I feel like we're going to need to get at least a two from them in order to really make that happen. Like, yeah, I agree with you. A three to go down, what is it, 11 spots uh-huh. at this no. point? No, we're going to need at least a two in order to do that. So we can exit out. We can always go back and offer them a trade. Uh, so Mac okay. Jones, Micah Parsons, uh, Caleb Farley. Tevin Jenkins, Jalen Phillips. Stan, that's what Saving we probably Collins. should have done. All and right. we, we can we can still counter off for the Bucks. Right. All right. Who we got? We got Jones, Parsons, Farley, as you said. Jenkins, who's one of your favorites, if I remember correctly. Yes. Um, uh, I do like Barbour, Tevin Jenkins quite a bit. Okay. And then Vera Tucker. Could he pay below Vera Tucker? Interesting. Yeah, I disagree with that, but I know a lot of people love Elijah Vera Tucker, and I don't. You know, once this whole process is done, I may have to go back and rewatch him just to kind of see what was I missing, but I wanted to make sure I got as many prospects with full grades as I could. So I'll kind of revisit that here later on. Harbs, try talking to me. Uh, He's still muted on my end. I can see it, or on his end. That's that's weird. Let me try something. Especially when he first started working at the beginning. Tom, that's not a bad idea. Move back for Jenkins. Now, who, say we got Mac Jones on the board. What team would value trading up for Mac Jones? There are only two teams that come to mind, Dave, and that's the Washington football team and the Chicago Bears. Two teams that desperately need a quarterback and would be willing to make that move. Do you want to make an interdivisional trade for a quarterback? Preferably. That's that's something that you're going to have to uh, answer that question. What about Pittsburgh? Pittsburgh, I don't think they would prioritize Mac Jones. They're fully committed to this win-now window, and I think they would only make the move if Justin Fields was available at this spot. Okay, if that's the case, who would you pick in this spot? If I'm making the selection, it's one of three guys. It's Devin Jenkins, Jalen Phillips, or Caleb Farley. Now, corner is not necessarily a massive need for this team, but we only have uh, Cam Dantzler and Jeff Gladney signed through this um, year into next year. Caleb Farley is my cornerback one. He has through-the-roof potential. 
Like I, I think he has like Revis Island type potential. It's pretty incredible uh, what uh, Caleb Farley has in front of him. He's only played the position for three years. And one of them was the opt-out year in 2020. You do have some concerns with the back and they're a hundred percent valid, but at the same time, the athleticism, the ball skills, the aggressiveness, you want to see him a little better in uh, press coverage, but at the same time, he's so new to the position, you can teach him and still feel comfortable moving forward. So Farley would definitely be on there for me. Tevin Jenkins, I think he's a tackle. Uh, you can play him inside a guard initially while you kind of figure out what you want to do, and he can kind of help you with that best five, but I think his best spot is going to be right tackle long-term. Kind of think what the Vikings had with Bryant McKinney and Phil Lodeholt. McKinney was your pass protector on the left side. Lodeholt was your run grader, and you just wanted to run AP right behind him. You have Brian O'Neill on the left side. He's going to be a great pass protector. Tevin Jenkins uh, sliding back at right tackle, and he's just going to run people over and open up holes for Dalvin Cook. The other one's Jalen Phillips. We obviously know he's a fantastic pass rusher. He's the most complete edge in this class. He is my edge two behind Quiddy Pay, who I absolutely love. And Phillips, just the concussions, man. You got to be able to uh, be good with the concussion. Well, and it just came out. What was it today or yesterday about how teams are dropping folks off of their boards because incomplete medicals, Mm -hmm. and that may be one of them, which is interesting. Um. Trade back yeah, it's. I think I, you know, I think a trade back would probably be smart. Let's let's start let's, offering some trades here, Dave. Okay. Um, let's let's start with Washington. Let's see if we can get their second round pick to go back five spots, and that's going to put us in a position where we're likely going to have one of the three guys that we're talking about still available. And for me, I think that's the big thing. You're going to have to hit NFC. Ah, was wondering why I wasn't seeing him. Next, all right, we take trade fourteen for nineteen and fifty-one. That should be good enough, I would hope. Send offer accepted. Perfect. Cool. Ah, here we go. Jags wanting us bump back. Give us a one four, and we trade one four and a five, and we trade a one four. Yeah, I'm out on that. If yeah. it's a one four and a five, I'm in. But having to give up that four is a no for me. All right, so Phillips, Jenkins, and Farley all went. All right, that's well, not that's ideal, but I I think it does make it pretty easy. I would. Take Quiddy Pay ten out of ten here. Okay, and I think the Vikings will take Vera Tucker. See, I I think they'll take they can take Quiddy Pay because he's going to meet all their athletic thresholds. He's not going to necessarily meet their length, but neither does Elijah Vera Tucker. And it's I but think Elijah you're Vera be able Tucker to get, does at guard. Yeah, but taking a guard in the first round if he's not Quentin Nelson is awful process. But. Vera Tucker, where Vera Tucker has the versatility, is he could play every position on, except for center, 
And he may even be able to do that, but he can play both guards and both tackles. He gives the Vikings the option of going into camp and going, let's figure out who's our best at what position. We're not locked in, right? We can move O'Neal over to left, and if O'Neal works great at left, and say, kick uh, um, my boy out, Ezra, out to right, and then have him play at guard or have him compete for right or have Ezra compete at left or whatever it is, they have a better fit or a better group of players that they can mix and match and come out with the best line. That's why I think they'll go Vera Tucker instead of Quiddy Pay. That's my logic. I think you might be right, but I I would be I would be very upset on draft day if Vera Tucker's the pick. Because one, I don't think he's a tackle long term, and two, he's not Quentin Nelson type guard. And Tom, we we drafted a left tackle last year and we stuck him at right guard. <laughs> See, I have no problem doing that in round two. Round two is fine but for drafting. We don't now. have a round two, and I think we do now, though. No, we do now, but I don't think he'll be available in round two. Oh, he definitely won't be available in round two. The only way I can justify uh, taking ABT um, here and not taking, and then like instead of Quiddy Pay, is if we can uh, trade up and get Peyton Turner in round two. Right. If and we I'll, get really aggressive and we go get Peyton Turner, I can live with ABT here. Well, and there's just this what Viking Spin just put out. Pick ABT over um, pay because Patterson can coach up a later round guy where Dennison can't. And there's evidence of that. Yeah. But then, then again, we drafted uh, Garrett Bradbury high and. Look how that's turned out. Why Why should we expect ABT to be a different process then? We're using the same logic. I know we are. Like, but if you're not going to trust Dennison to develop anyone, why should you use a, a high premium pick? And because, I, it's really because frustrating you increase for me. your chance of getting somebody that's decent. Yeah. And it, here's the thing it's really frustrating for me, Dave, that, hey, Andre Patterson can develop late in the draft. So we shouldn't ever give him a premium talent to work with. I, I, I don't understand that logic. Hey, he's great. Let's give him somebody who's great and let him run with it. Let him develop greatness. Just imagine what Andre Patterson could do with Chase Young or Nick Bosa or Miles Garrett. Like if we had the ability to draft those guys, no, he's good enough. He can de- develop the third round guys. Like, I fully on. understand that. But did we get better on the offense in the offseason? To date. Not really. No, but we did get better on the defense. We need to get better well, on the offense. Vera Tucker should be the pick. You know what, Dave? I have been fighting this all freaking process. I will allow you to take Elijah Vera Tucker and I, I will stop fighting you. <laughs> Thank you very much. Vera Tucker, it is. All right, so Tom asked who's the next best edge. I would say Phillips. Who's, who went um, off the board? Owe, Osai, and Peyton Turner all have the same 
grade for me. Always off the board. Osai's probably going to come off here pretty quick. I want you to pause the draft at 40. Okay. Let me find a pause button. Where are we? We've already Top missed right it. corner. Okay, we paused. We're at pick okay. 47. Peyton Turner is still on the board. Yes. There's right no... Okay. So is Perkins. I want to make a trade. I want to make a trade with the Chargers. Okay. And the Tajas. Okay. What? I want to give up 51 and 143 for pick 47. And we watch. Hey, they accept. Perfect. That's fantastic. <laughs> so we're uh, we are going to take Peyton Turner that out of Houston, and this is going to be giving uh, Andre Patterson that specimen to work with. Six five two seventy played three technique at two ninety for the previous two seasons before this last one. Played edge. He sees himself as an outside linebacker. This is what kind of athlete you have with Peyton Turner. He's a, got an incredible motor. And what he has a binds for arms, just a mass, massive arm length and wingspan. Peyton Turner can win inside, outside, with bend, with power, great hand placement. He does a little bit of everything. He is my favorite prospect in this draft. And Dave, if we end up with him somehow on draft weekend, I am going to be insufferable for about 10 minutes. Just all um, kinds of excitement. There's an absolute negative on this one. <clears throat> So a five next year and a or no. this year and a three next year yeah, after no. that. All right. All right. Ooh, Tylen Wallace going at seventy-seven kind of hurts. Um, but that's okay. So we do have some guys that we can uh, you know, we can take here. Uh, Jalen Mayfield is a good offensive lineman, probably best as a uh, a tackle. Um. That I like make, him. That would make Drew happy. Drew, you still watching? He's a Michigan boy. Yeah, that, that would definitely make Drew happy. I'm going to be honest. This board does not sit very well for kind of what the Vikings have already drafted and what they need. I do not like Amon Ross A. Brown at all. Um, he is actually the lowest ranked player of all the players that I was able to get to during this process. I didn't like him. I thought okay, he was very underwhelming. Fine. He got a fifth round grade for me. If the Atu Melifonwu was interesting, I like Melifonwu. I really don't know if Zimmer will like him because he's a he's a cover three style corner, Mm-mm. but he's physical. He's long, and I think he could do a lot of the things that Zimmer wants. All right, he's so Melifonwu two twelve, good sized. Well, long rangey, athletic, physical, making him toolsy project prospect. You know, considering where the zone ball skills, ability read backfield. Yeah, we know that Zimmer has, especially recently, run a lot of cover to a lot of quarters, and I think Melifonu can thrive. He's going to be best suited for like the Seattle cover three. Mm -hmm. I think he can do a lot. Pete Warner's a guy that I think is interesting, especially with Anthony Barr kind of on the outs. 
at least we assume because of the, how the contract is structured. Right. Uh, Pete Werner is, he kind of reminds me of Wyatt Davis a little bit. And I know we've talked about him before, Dave. He's not really great at anything, but he's really good at a lot. And he's got super oily hips. He's long. He's pretty athletic, but I think his ceiling's a little limited, which is why he's not going to go earlier than, than this kind of spot. Uh, but if I'm making the pick here, I, I'm taking Melifonu. He's a hyper athlete. He's physical. He's long. And you take you take a risk on a really good corner here when you have corner depth issues moving forward. And he'll have the opportunity to learn with Zimmer for an entire year, really, before you're going to ask him to play meaningful minutes. He snaps. Right, he's depth. And, yeah. And, and the, the guy runs depth. The guy runs like a four three six forty. Like he's an athlete. He's got super oily hips and he's physical. You can do a lot with him. And you can so, learn under Patrick I, Peterson. I love that idea. I love that idea. I'm not, but look, Mills also on that board. You got Mills and Mond. I'm I'm good not taking either one of them right now. And I'll kind of explain why. If you're not taking a guy round one, don't really take one till day three. Because you're, the hit rate on these guys is so low and you want to develop well, heck, them, it's 50% also, in round one. Yeah. And then it drops after it's, that. It's 19% in round three. I would rather take him in round four because round four, one, you have four picks. Two, round three, you're getting starters. Right. I want the starters. Okay. And Melifanwu it is. And Melifanwu, let's go, baby. All right, okay. let's take a look at some trades. We can pick up a six, moving down nine spots yeah. uh, with the Cowboys. And what's the other trade, Dave? We are looking at. We can pick up a seven and move down six. <laughs> um, no. That's the better of the two. Would you would you take a six to move down nine spots? I'm thinking no. No. Let's let's decline them and let's. I think we need to really focus on getting um, quality players right now. Okay. Over. Yeah, over to kind of getting like the depth because we we kind of we already have we got that second round pick. We gave up our last fourth rounder to get it or to move up in that round. I'm taking a look at the board here, and I know Dan has mentioned it already. Uh, Spencer, Spencer Brown. Brown. I think Spencer Brown is a guy that, that you should prioritize. He's the most athletic tackle since 1987, according to Kentley Platt's uh, relative athletic score. He's 6'8 and one quarter, 310 pounds. He moves incredibly well. I think you could slide him in at right tackle and you move Brian O'Neill O'Neal to left. O'Neill does have a lot of experience playing left tackle. He played his entire college career once he moved from tight end at left tackle. So he's going to be comfortable. It might take a little bit of the training camp to really get the, the sets down, but it's it's like riding a bike. He'll figure so it out you real have quick. Put Brown on the right or Hellet Brown and Ezra battle it out, 
And you have AVT and O'Neill on the left, and you got Bradbury in the middle. Yep, and Bradbury's going to have no excuses because he's going to have two good guards next to him. And I think that has been holding Bradbury back a little bit mm-hmm. because he hasn't had like decent guards, really. He has had Josh Klein, and his next best guard was Ezra Cleveland last year, who was okay. He who wasn't was good. okay moving to a position he's yeah. never played on a side he's not used to. Yes. All and right. as a rookie whose biggest issue was strength. Like, right. And you put him in a spot that requires the strength. The speed and reach is required for the tackle position. Guards, you want strength and in the box power. It's mm-hmm. uh, Speaking of guards, Ben Cleveland's on there. But in this case, I agree with you. I would go with uh, Spencer Brown. If you don't get a tackle in the first three rounds with this draft class, with what the Vikings' needs are, you did it wrong. You need to get a tackle in the first three rounds. Spencer Brown's off the board. All right, Vikings so we can go a lot of different ways here. We've got our edge. We've got two offensive linemen. We've got a corner. We really should be looking at receiver. Wide receiver. We should be looking at linebacker. Um, if uh, if there's a quarterback that we like here in round four, Looks like the only one really available is going to be Kyle Trask. Trask right. uh, I like Kyle Trask more than consensus, but I also am a massive Florida fan, and I've seen every snap. Uh, I don't. My no. concerns aren't nearly as much as what other people's are. I I'm not super concerned that he doesn't have this cannon arm. He's super accurate, uh, but Sandy you're going to have the same issues. Crack on this one. Yep, you're going to have the same issues with Kyle Trask as you do with Kirk Cousins, and. Nah, I'm good. All right. One thing that's interesting here as we kind of take a look at the board, Dave, Dale Odeingbo mm-hmm. is a, the really athletic edge who's got incredible length. He tore his Achilles a week before the Senior Bowl. So he there. that's the only reason he's here right now. Otherwise, he's probably a top 50 player. Odeingbo is a good prospect, and I think if he's available at – uh, 125, and then we might even be able to uh, um, push it back to like 132. I think we should take him there. But here, I'm taking a look at the board, and I see Aleem McNeil. Right there. We talked We talked about Aleem McNeil before. Mm-hmm. Uh, he plays kind of that one technique position. He's super quick. He is built like a Mack truck, super thick in the lower half. And he moves really well. He's got a quick first step, and he's uh, one of uh, Andrew and my uh, colleagues at Blue Chip Scouting. Uh, his name's Dante Colinelli. He he has some fun comps sometimes. He doesn't comp everybody, but he comped Aline McNeil to a boulder. Yeah, he's a now, boulder with legs. I agree with you on Aline McNeil. However, we have two one techs on the team already, and Michael mm-hmm. Pierce and Dalvin Tomlinson. Dalvin Tomlinson's being moved over to three-tech, but do we add another one? Here's the way I'm looking at it. Dalvin Tomlinson and Michael Pierce probably both aren't going to be on the team next year. This is, I have a guy who they both is, on my board multiple is year almost... Contracts. Uh, well, fair, but... We, we paid uh, Michael Pierce's bonus last year. 
and we paid some of it this year, and then you're going to have like two and a half million next year, and I think you're going to be able to get out of that contract if you need to. Dalvin Tomlinson's a heavy front-loaded deal. It's not necessarily ideal, but I think the value is there, and that's why I'm kind of pounding the table for Lee McNeil. The other guy who I'm kind of looking at here is Cam Sample. At edge. Yep, and he's a guy you can play inside and out. You can use him like Everson Griffin. You can put him inside on pass rush downs. Wide receiver, uh, kind of the the guys I'm looking at here, Cade Johnson, South Dakota State, he's a good player. Uh, Anthony Schwartz is obviously the burner. We've talked about him a lot. Mm-hmm. Joshua Matterbebe out of Illinois is also really good. Uh, but I think uh, Viking Tom kind of made uh, – made the point like we still need a backup on the interior because we really don't have anybody you have Armand Watson that's it so even if it's a one tech you still get somebody and Stan even Stan pointed out as well I had completely forgotten McNeil was a running back in high school at like 280 damn yeah like you're talking about a big boy running over people Damn. he's a good athlete Dave and I I think I should, I should try and get you some film on Ali McNeil because I think you just have fun geeking out about a big boy that right. like that. We'll go with McNeil. But still, damn. I, I know. was smaller back in my day. Our JVs were big and average tackle to tackle 225. Um, it's huge. All right, why right, do uh, it again? My, bo- my boys, David Moore and Deontay Smith, just went. Oh, my yep. heart. All right, so we're at 125. We've drafted two defensive linemen. And Trask is gone, so we're done with quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. All right, so there are two guys I'm kind of looking at uh, right here. Who? Cameron Sample, who we already talked about, and then Dale Odiengbo, who we also already talked about. I think Odiengbo is a guy that we should take here because it's – it's a relative low risk pick for a guy who should have been a top 50 player, uh, albeit for the torn Achilles. And he's a guy that you give to uh, Andre Patterson. And I think he can mold him into something special. What about safety? I don't care. Okay. I think uh, we can uh, look at uh, 134 or 157. We can get a safety and a receiver. And I, I think we will we will be fine. Dan, I see so you mentioned James Lynch. James Lynch is meh. If you watch his Baylor tape, it's effort. His sacks are effort. And that's his best trait, motor. But he doesn't have anything that stands out athletically. He doesn't have a lot of brute strength. He's just a motor guy. And you want to have those guys on your team. But I don't want to count on him to play any kind of meaningful snaps. So you want Odin, Odie, right? Odie Yingbo. Uh, Israel Mukuwamu is a guy that they could also target here. Um, I, he went off the board to the Steelers, but he's about 6'4", 215. He's going to be a great cover two style corner, which is a lot of what Zimmer likes to run, cover two, cover four. He could be a guy that the Vikings target in the middle round. So that's a name to keep an eye on this weekend. Now, we've gotten three guys on the trenches on the defensive side. 
two guys on the offensive side, and we also got uh, Ifiatu Melifani. So right. I think I kind of uh, said something like, I don't care about safety. We can punt it. But let's take a look at wide receiver. Let's take a look at safety and see what our best bets are at both of those spots. Uh, Fitzpatrick, yeah, yes, Kate Tom, Johnson, Daz Newsom, Anthony Schwartz, Josh Palmer, Shai Smith. I'm going to hold off on receiver, at least for the moment. Let's take a look at the safety board because there are two guys that I'm really keying on at safety if they're available. And one of them is available. James Wiggins, the safety out of Cincinnati. You remember uh, watching college football in the 90s, Dave, and all, it felt like every running back had the back the pad just flapping around all the time. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's the way the pads were James, back then. Back yep, in the James 80s, Wiggins we went to the big pads. Yeah. James Wiggins has that aesthetic today, <laughs> and it's fantastic. It reminds me of uh, watching like 1997 Michigan State running backs just try to go through the middle, and it's, it's just fantastic. Um, Dan, I agree. I think McNeil does have late second, early third round value, and we got him in the fourth. That's why I was pounding the table for him because it's really hard to pass up that kind of value. James Wiggins, if we were to take a safety here, would be my pick. I I wouldn't be shocked if the Vikings like Caden Stearns. They like like the four or five star athletes. He played at Texas. You're talking about a guy who was fantastic in his freshman season and struggled with injuries afterwards. It's the only reason why he's available here. I think uh, Wiggins or Caden Stearns would be my two picks. And I really like both of them. But I think the Vikings would probably lean towards Caden Stearns over Wiggins. Okay, well, let's go Stearns. So let's go Stearns. I would personally uh, prioritize Wiggins as far as what my board looks like. I really liked James Wiggins. But some of this is... Not only what we would do is we're trying to draft it as realistic for the Vikings as possible as well. So uh, kind of taking a look, um, receiver, there's going to be some good receivers left. All right, so kind of the, the three I'm looking at, Anthony Schwartz, we talked about before, he's got Olympic sprinter caliber speed. speed. Yes, he was underused. Tight. It's okay if you weigh 179 pounds if you run a, a 4-240. And that's right. one of the things that Devontae Smith does foot, not bring. He's six foot. He's got room to put on bulk at that, mm-hmm. that size. Absolutely. Josh Palmer is an interesting guy. Didn't get a lot of run at Tennessee. But his two best games were against Patrick Sertan II and Tyson Campbell of Georgia. He played his best football against the best competition. Uh, but he's he's a height weight guy. He's he's going to win with body control. He's going to win by uh, just attrition. He's not a separator. Well, and I, that's why uh, he's available here. Well, you said Schwartz has got four two speed. Mm-hmm. Let's. I agree with Tom on this one. Let's go with speed because that could pull the back end off of. Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen. Mm-hmm. And that's why earlier today I was kind of making the argument that uh, you should really consider Jalen Waddle because you could be a modern day three deep and what he could do for that offense. Oh my goodness. 
three deep. What a time period. Were you even oh. a dream in your father's eyes when three deep was around? Oh yeah. I, I watched the entire season. Um, so fun story. I loved Randy Moss in college. I was seven years old and mm-hmm. I was watching Marshall on ESPN. And I remember talking to my dad because he's like, who do you want the Vikings to draft? And the only thing I could come out of my mouth was Randy Moss. I wanted Moss. And then my my dad's buddy, Mick, came into the garage. He's like, hey, did you hear the Vikings drafted? And he said Randy Moss. And I, I about had a conniption fit. I was so excited. And that entire year was just special. And that was the first time I ever cried over sports was right after that Falcons game. Well, see, so, I had moved up to North Dakota prior to that and was watching – Carter and Reed and Carter and Reed and they set records, hundred plus yard, hundred plus receiving both of them over a thousand mm-hmm. yards both of them and then they drafted Moss and it was just oh three deep was oh. awesome. Oh three deep was fantastic, and I think that uh, like Schwartz is going to give you the dollar store version of that initially because he's not going to be the same kind of twitch athlete. He's not going to be a dynamic route runner yet. He has a lot of room to grow and work on those. But all he's got to do is go downfield. That's going to pull the but safeties. Absolutely. Just him he's being able it. to win over the top is going to be massive. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it's really a steal to kind of get him in round five. Uh, now let's kind of transition. Uh, Dan, you're right. He's wet behind the ears 100%. Let's kind of take a look at the board here. What looks good? So two players really, three players really stand out to me. Gary Vincent Jr., the corner out of, corner out of LSU, he, I think he's going to be more of like a slot safety kind of hybrid player. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you have uh, Rashad Weaver, the edge out of Pittsburgh. He's got a lot of length. He's got some good athletic tools. He's great against the run. And I think there's something to work with. We've already drafted three guys in the trenches on defense. So that's a super luxury pick. But then if, if we scroll up a little bit more, Dave, um, there there's go, one Tom. guy. Um, there's nothing there that turns me there's, there's nothing there. Um, Shane Bouchelle is the only guy I would consider. Um, and then cornerback Marco Wilson. Now, everybody remembers Marco Wilson because he's the idiot that threw the shoe. Okay. Uh, against uh, Florida against LSU, and it ended up costing them the game and really a pl- shot at the playoff. Uh, but one thing that Mark Wilson has, he had a really, really good freshman season. He tore his ACL before his sophomore year, and then he came back and had two kind of underwhelming seasons in a Florida defense that had a lot of talent but was overall bad. And then you go to the pro day, and he ran like a four three five forty. There's some tools there with Marco Wilson that I was never wowed, but the de- lack of development in the secondary of Florida with the tools that Marco Wilson had coming in, I think you could take a chance on a guy who is that kind of athlete right here and see if Zimmer can get something out of him. So you take I would, him over Thomas. I would, I would take him. Yes. Okay. And this is coming from a guy who thought he stunk last year, but the tools and the upside and the lack of development overall on the defensive side of the football at the University of Florida is really intriguing to me. And that's why I would uh, take Marco Wilson here. Okay. And then our quarterback room was full. 
Yep. And at, at the same time, if he doesn't make it as a corner, he's somebody who could play safety because his cover, his man cover skills were kind of, they were okay. They were phenomenal. And he had a lot of room to grow in that area. But it's worth a gamble for a guy who runs a 4 3 5 40. All right. And we have the Tom Brady pick here. Mm-hmm. There isn't a lot to work with here, which is not surprising considering how far down what we're. we're Josh and Matter Baby, we've talked about 46 and a half inch vertical leap. Just ridiculous. I'm honestly a little bit surprised he's here right now. Jonathan Cooper is an edge that's very intriguing as well. He's got really short arms, but everything else is there. I, I, I'm i really intrigued by Demetric Felton. Demetric Felton, uh, Dave, is kind of like a poor man's Christian McCaffrey. He is a wide receiver running back hybrid type nah. who's, who's going to play in the slot. He's going to come out of the backfield and catch balls. And I think the Vikings could really use that on third downs. That guy who can who's just going to line up next to Kirk Cousins, run a bunch of like uh, angle routes, wheels, that kind of stuff, and be a, more of a dynamic pass catcher on third downs to spell Dalvin Cook. I think this would be a great time to take a guy like Felton. Um, Tom, quarterback is a no-go anymore. There's none available We're, that are worth a damn. Yeah, you could try and talk yourself into Felipe Franks, and I think an NFL team's going to talk themselves into Felipe Franks because – his arm talent is absurd, but everything in between the ears is he can't process worth a crap. Like there, I, I watched his first three years of Florida. They're rough. Brady Davis is nothing to write home about. Sam Ellinger is bad. KJ Costello is bad. Shane Bouchelle has is fun, but he's got processing issues. And it's it would be tough for me to take him right now. I would definitely put in a flyer for him as an undrafted free agent. Uh, All right. If Can I were Felton to, return kicks, yes, you could have him return kicks. Because to me, he looks like a gimmick guy. He is a third down running back, so he's he's kind of going to be pigeonholed as, as, as that guy. Receiver. Yep, but he did a lot of running back stuff at the Senior Bowl. He's going to be a hybrid. He's going to be a slot guy who also that does some running back stuff. Tom, Sam Ellinger is bad. You don't want him on your football team as a quarterback. And he's just bad. Very bad. Okay. I'd probably go the EBB guy. matter, baby. But if you want Felton, let's go Felton. Okay. Special team. I don't think think you're going to go wrong by taking a matter, baby. I really don't, Dave. He's a good football player, but I think with kind of, I think the Vikings would prioritize taking Felton because they don't really have that that guy who can be the third down running back. That could be a kick returner, punt returner. Yeah, he is kind of a gadget. I think we do have new special teams set up this year, so. Um. That may be the special teams pick. Yeah. Stan, I think his bad pro date does impact his fall because there is talk at the senior bowl with how well he did 
he could be a round three, round four kind of player, but his testing was pretty rough. And I'm willing to overlook the testing in round six because of what I was able to see on the field. On the field, he was a very good player and he was dynamic. So to me, that's not such a big deal, especially because he's, you know, a round six guy. Uh, Tom, you bring up a really good point. Trade to get 2022 picks. And I want to address that real quick before we go over this draft, Dave. This class only has about 700 players in it. A normal draft class has about 12 to 1,500. So right. UDFAs are going to be slim pickings. It would not shock me to see Rick Spielman try to flip some of these later picks into picks for next year. Uh, possibly. Because it's, next it's year, also the next two years, especially next year and the year after, are going to be big draft classes. Um, and if you think about it, if Zim has his way, he's going to take one of the draft picks in the fourth and move down in the fourth and get a fifth. And then take one in the fifth, move down in the fifth and get a sixth. And take one in the sixth, move, get another one in the sixth, or get a, mm-hmm. move down in the sixth and get one in the seventh. And that way he builds up his numbers one by one and he gets more bites at the apple, but he stays within that initial rounds. I could see that happening. I can see him not wanting to touch 2022 because that draft class will be much larger and it should be back to, quote, normal. And the fact that we have regular football in the fall. And I'll make this counter argument, Dave, because next year's class is going to be projected to be larger and a lot of seniors went back to school to try and improve their stock. It's possible you can get third round players in round five next year. And that's why it might be fruitful to trade a like a fifth this year for a fifth next year or a sixth for a fifth. Like last year we traded yeah, a fifth to the Bears and we got a fourth this year. That's why one of the reasons we have four fourth round picks. So there's a lot of different ways Spielman can go. And it would shock me if he tries to pick up some picks next year. Dan, I'm going to address this and we're going to go over this draft. Ian Book, and I'll, I'll let you make the case in the comments, Ian Book is bad at football. He is a bad quarterback. He can't process. He does, fails to go through his progressions well. He, He's just – he can't throw the football well either. Like, if that Notre Dame offense had Phil Dracovic, who ended up transferring from Notre Dame to Boston College, they have a chance to beat Alabama. That offensive line was loaded. Uh, Williams, uh, Kyron Williams, the running back, was fantastic. They had good weapons. Tommy Tremble at tight end who's in this class and whoever the freshman was that they got in. Looks like he could be the next Gronkowski. The defense was really good. Like You get competency at quarterback. Notre Dame can be really good. Ian Book was just bad. And I, I wouldn't touch him with a 10-foot pole. Let's review this real quick. Sounds good. We've got 19, Elijah Vera Tucker, USC, 47. We ended up moving up from 51 to get Peyton Turner, my favorite player, the edge out of Houston. 78, Ifiatu Melfonu, cornerback Syracuse. 90, Spencer Brown, tackle out of Northern Iowa. 119, Aline McNeil, interior defensive line of North Carolina State. 125, Dale Odeyingbo, edge Vanderbilt. 134, Caden Stern, safety Texas. 157, wide receiver Anthony Schwartz-Auburn. 
168 quarterback Mark Wilson out of Florida and 199 Demetric Felton, the wide receiver running back hybrid out of UCLA. Mm-hmm. And Tom, I agree with you. That's probably the best approach for the Vikings. Best player available that fits the needs. The best way to draft, draft good football players. Yes. Oh, I, I don't know if I'm going to get them snaps. Who cares? Draft good football players. One of the tough parts about, like, if you remember the 49ers when they almost built a dynasty with Colin Kaepernick, they threw away multiple second-round picks on running backs that had massive injury concerns. Michael James, Marcus Lattimore. Neither of them really played any kind of meaningful snaps for the 49ers. They take those second-round picks and get starters or good depth players, imagine how much better those teams would have been uh, mm-hmm. when Ka- uh, Kaepernick got the big contract. Yep. Take good football players. Figure the rest out later. If Jalen Waddle's available at 14, he's far and away your best player on your board, you take him and you deal with it. The Vikings did that in 98 with Randy Moss. They did that with Percy Harvin in 2009. Take good football players. <laughs> Dan, yeah. I agree with you. Creed would have been nice. Ah. Oh. I would love to have Creed Humphrey on this team. I think he'd be fantastic getting the second round. But if you're taking a, a guard in round one, Peyton Turner in round two is ideal. Jason Owe would be fantastic as well because his athletic profile is Daniel Hunter plus 0.2 seconds on the 40-yard dash. Like, he's a freak. Wow. With that, let's wrap this up. It's late on a Monday night. But be with us. This should be the last live show until Thursday when the draft starts. We should be coming up about an hour prior to the official draft start. And you can all join us. We look forward to it. Talking to you. Talking the same stuff. Who to pick when. Let's watch how Rick Spielman works that phone. Let's see if Mike Zimmer's in his ear. And let's see what happens. Tyler, any last words? Hey, Dave, it's been fun doing this every week with you. I am really excited to kind of see where Thursday, Friday and Saturday take the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, I can guarantee you this. there's The content will not stop just because the draft is done. But we're gonna, I'm going to be doing full player breakdowns on all these guys, what you can expect for them in purple and gold, and I'm going to be really excited if anybody on my list of favorite players ends up in Minnesota Vikings. And I'm just really excited to have more hope going into 2021. And that's really what this weekend's about. It's about hope. It's about projection. It's about fun. Get yourself some cocktails. Enjoy it. Please join us for our, our draft show. Uh, Dave, myself, and the rest of the Climbing the Pocket guys are going to give 110%. We have some great uh, Vikings media personalities that will be joining us throughout the weekend. You are not going to want to miss all the great stuff we have planned. And you're going to get draft an- analysis, but it's going to be with a Vikings twist, which is going to be better than what you're going to get from ESPN and NFL Network. Damn straight. Without the commercials, too. Yes. We go nonstop. No, no stop with us. With that, Thanks for joining us tonight. 
Tomorrow, look for Tyler, Tyler's top five. What group do we have tomorrow? Tomorrow is linebackers, and then Wednesday, it finishes off with safeties. Woo-hoo! With that, everybody, stay safe, stay healthy, and score Vikings! Thank you for watching or listening. As always, if you like, subscribe, and ring the bell for notifications. And if you're listening to the podcast, please rate us on your favorite aggregator. Skull, everybody.